often reflects the world of the powerful, not of the people. It begins by observing the feasts of the famous and the powerful. Then, through the power of media, it becomes a diner at the feast. The interests of the wealthy become their interests, and coverage certainly reflects that. Major news outlets boasted anchors and reporters who became wealthy celebrities, miles removed from the beat reporting or street reporting that began their careers. As they moved further from the streets, so did their product, which would now be called narrowcasting. To call this a free press is but to demean it. From death row, this is Mumia Abu-Jamal. These commentaries are produced by Noel Hanrahan for Prison Radio. FSRN is a worker-run collective. Simba Rousseau and Monica Lopez produce our newscast. Shannon Young is our headlines editor. Mitch Jezerich is our Washington editor. Our technical production team is Jade Padgett-Seekins and Eric Klein. For archives of this or any other newscast, please visit our website, www.fsrn.org. In Berkeley, I'm Brian edwards Teekert, sitting in for Outer Bogato. Um. Hello, my name is Andrew W.K., and every day you have to give it all. You have to always go full steam, and you might get tired of living like this, but you have to do things this way. That might sound a little bit repetitive, to say the least, and that, too, might sound repetitive, but it is all true and necessary to live, and if you really want to live, there is certainly a difference between living and existing and growing and changing and learning and dieting and dumping and hollering and yelling and screaming and bursting and busting. You name it, he was doing it. Uh, This is WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets, Closets are, are for clothes. clothes. Closets Are For Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. (laughs) We're here, we're on, Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3, Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. <laughs> wow. Hi. hi. This is, we're all three here. Well, I'll let you two figure that out while I'm on the air and um, and just kind of figure out where we're going to go, um, how we're going to do it. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, hi, everybody. So, um, this is Dan Burns. We have um, Christy Cardinal and Meredith Hockman here, and um, we're trying to figure out something um, before the show begins. Um, but um, I hope everybody's doing well. Hopefully, everybody's rested and um, uh, and so starting the new year on the right foot or the left foot, depending on if you're doing learning new dance moves this year. I don't know if you're, that's your resolution or if you do resolutions. But um, so uh, we've got a full show tonight. We've got like lots of phone calls to make and um, some news. And I have to admit, I've been a little bit. On the way here, I was listening to news to see if there's anything, because I was totally shocked yesterday when I heard about the miners. And what have you been doing with? Oh, yourself? oh, hi, Meredith. <laughs> um, hi. Um, well, it, it, to be honest with you, I've been watching. Um, Actually, I've been not having the TV on, um, just kind of relaxing and getting ready for to get back to work and things, and because mm-hmm. I took some time off over the um, semester breaks and stuff, and the. Um, and so I didn't even, and so there was no like news, uh, my typical where I, I listen to the news on the way to work or mm-hmm. um, my typical times that I'm doing news or whatever. So, and I'm not a person that goes online to get my, to get my news like very, a lot of other people do or they sign on to other uh, places. And, and uh, the miners, I, I was stunned by this last night when I discovered about that. Yeah. What a horrible thing that, you know, great. They discovered them. And then this morning they're, no, they did not, no, they, they weren't, uh, most of them, um, had not survived. And, um, so it was very, uh, frustrating. And so anyway, so what happened was that tonight I was, or not to, on the way here, I was listening to some news to kind of find out an update on how things were going. And they were describing each of their 
uh, each of their lives. And, and the first one, I was, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's devastating. And, and the uh-huh. poor family. And then the next one, they're talking about how he's engaged. And then the next one was about how um, he fought to make sure that um, his family would not go into the mining business. And, and he wanted to make sure he provided for his family and mm-hmm. things. And sure enough, um, he dies. And then another one's getting married on February 14th. The next one um, was going to retire this year. I mean, I was just like, the, their stories were just, and of course this was in a five-minute segment as they were going through each of the right. the folks, and I was just like, almost in tears, like, this is devastating. And I uh, heard one, one of them had been not able to work for a while, oh, and yes. had gastric bypass surgery so that he could get back into the mine and start working, because that's what he loved to do, and then had just started working again. Yes. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And and then the kicker of it all, like, I was, like, finally settled. I was like, okay, I can deal with this. And I'm, like, breathing again. And um, and so then um, and then I found out the guys only made $7 an hour. Really? That that's all they made. And I was just like. I didn't realize that because I had listened to someone else talk about how they were going to do do um, oil drilling instead. Okay. They were debating the two jobs and that. After hearing what had happened, he had told his wife, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm afraid it's too dangerous. I'm going to do, you know, oil rigging. I'm sorry. Right. It's not oil drilling. Right, right. Uh-huh. So he was he was going to switch. And, you know, the drawback being that oil rigging pays a lot less. So oh, wow. I'm sort of surprised that. Well, maybe they were only, that. maybe that was the misquote that they said over the thing or misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking like... But if that's I think, all they make. That's atrocious. Right. Or that there was like they only made over 30,000. They don't make much over 35,000 or something. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just I was really I, on the way in. I was a little devastated and trying to figure out like, wow. That I, and here I'm complaining about different things that are going on, making new, resu- new year's resolutions and mm-hmm. trying to motivate myself. And I hear this and I'm like, you know what? I have nothing, mm-hmm. um, you know, compared to what they're going through. So so how are you, Meredith? And Christy has joined us. So I'm, I'm going her, I'm gonna let her catch her breath. <laughs> well, some people are enjoying that when you walk yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the heavy breathing. That's right. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, today was my first day back at work, and I got to tell uh-huh. you, I went in early because I had things. I, we had a staff meeting, and there were things I needed to. I want to get done before. The printer wouldn't work. I had like 77 emails. Holy moly. I had, you know, my my boss left for Mexico, so I haven't seen her in like almost three weeks now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I don't. She, you know, you know, you leave on vacation, yeah. you drop the balls and stuff. So you know, people are coming to me and saying, "Oh, I thought you were gonna do this." I thought I was like, "Uh." <laughs> yeah, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And then of right. course, you know, that's all that sharing of what did you do? How was your vacation? Right. Did you? And I always feel I always want to come back with like a great. Vacation vacation story well i had this no i sat i sat at home on the couch with my partner we played playstation we watched movies and stuff. <laughs> that's a great vacation we story with the dogs i i loved i mean i yeah. had a great time i so relaxing we went to the mall we went to, i mean we did all the stuff that we always are like oh we should do that and then we never do because we're too tired or whatever but you know, I wanted it to be more glamorous. Well, we returned from Barbados. Yeah, exactly. I came back from Rome <laughs> and was upset that the Pope wouldn't see me. <laughs> right. So, but otherwise, it was really it was it was it. Uh, it's been good since right. last Wednesday. It's been good. My New Year's Eve was uneventful. I think, wow. which is fine. I sat at home and I ate cheesy bread. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things to do on New Year's Eve. That's right. Hey. So how are so, you, Dan? I well, I'm doing good. I'm just I, with what I was updating oh. what happened on the way here. Okay. But I'm I'm interested in how Christy's doing. Well, I have a couple things. First of all, I have a tip for all the pedestrians out there. Don't run into the middle of the street. Right. <laughs> Seriously, think about it when the weather's like this. If you were driving a car. Would you be able to see the person dressed in dark clothes who jaywalks, mm-hmm. you know, against the light yes. in the middle of the street? No. <laughs> I almost killed two people on my way here. <laughs> I was like, why would you think that's a good idea? How could you possibly be in that much of a hurry? Right. 
People have taken to walking down that middle turn lane on Washington in the middle of the evening. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. See, I, I don't drive Washington anymore just because of it's just because of. I very seldom do myself like, unless I'm going to somewhere Lord. on Washington. Right, right. right. I live yeah. on, on Washington. Yeah. So oh, okay. No other choice. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So that's my tip for yes. the pedestrians out there. And I too, when I am a pedestrian, will follow the same rule. It's right. a kind of a deal. Yeah. I'll make a deal. <laughs> yeah, right. With you, if you make that deal with me, I'm a pedestrian often, so I'm willing to to make that sacrifice. I will wait for my turn. Right. And I will do it at the crosswalk, mm-hmm. not in the middle of the street. <laughs> Especially between the hours of say four and seven. Yeah. <laughs> when. Or or before nine, between right. seven and nine, when you're right. trying to get to work in and, a hurry. And also when it's not as light outside right. as it could be. I mean, that was sort of the issue: was the visibility, the sprinkly rain, the dusky darkness, the fog. Yeah. So the other thing is, man, you know these M M&M and M mega things. Have you seen these? No. They're like No, I haven't seen them either. I don't know what, the, what really it is. Do you know you don't know what they are? No. They're like M&M's plus. They're large M&M's. Oh. The plus size. Yeah, they're the plus size M&M's. Oh. They're amazing. They're big I, and beautiful. I never thought that the M&M could be like it's just candy, right? It's just some chocolate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not it's that not great. Good. It's not bad. It's just and just some little candies, you know, and they're actually I do M&M's is a preferred candy of mine. One of the chocolate things that I like to eat, but it's never been like a standout thing. It's just, like, oh, there's some M&M's. Yeah, I'll have a handful of those. Right. The, no. Wow. These are like. Why? I don't know. Well, some a friend of mine says it's their colors. I'm like, I'm not swayed by that. Because they're... they're, they're oh, no, the red ones taste better. <laughs> they're geared towards adults, right? So they're not in these bright primary colors anymore. Oh. They're in like teal and, and oh. mustard and... Um, like a wine color and like they're very grown up mm-hmm. colors, right? Okay. And I said, you know, not so much. Like I'm not looking at the color once it's in my mouth. Right. Right. It's the, and I'm taking this from the Food Network, it's the mouth feel of the candy. Like <laughs> the yes. bigger piece of candy. Yes. It's more satisfying. Yep. How big is it? Well, well you know. your the, thumb. Just kidding. <laughs> it's it's a, about a twentieth uh, of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know the um, peanut butter M and M's, the regular size peanut butter M and M's. Uh huh. The plain chocolate M and M's are that size. Oh. So they're like a double size mm-hmm. of a regular M M&M, and M. Sort of. Hmm. Um, I don't know that they have M M&M and M megas in the other flavors of M M&M, and M, like peanut or peanut butter or whatever. Just the plain ones is all I've been able to find, and the only place I've been able to find them is Target. Or as oh. I like to call it, Targay. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's the only place I've been able to find them um, shopping. But I recommend them. I would have brought some in, but I ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had heard about these, and that's why I didn't realize. When you said M&M Plus, or no, the M&M... Mega. Mega m and m Mega m and I was thinking it was like rapper M&M. I yeah, was like, I was yeah. too. And I, I was like, thinking. I have no idea well, about Well, I don't this, think so. that's a very good name. Like, if they're marketing towards adults, Mega is not a right. sophisticated thing right. like they're trying to make them more sophisticated so um i'm not i don't think that that was been that was not it would not be my choice where i the marketing team for m&m mars but right. i'm not um but they're very they're very good yeah i i, and I, I do love agree it, it, it's a it's a mouthful i mean it's, it it's, is like I mean, it you can have crevices. five of them in your mouth and like that's all you need that's right. a good dope bite of chocolate right there whereas i feel like you had to eat the whole little bag of the small ones and still it's not that satisfying right because i think the candy coating gets in the way mm-hmm. of the flavor <laughs> I seriously, oh, the can- yeah, the candy coating, yeah, definitely with the mecca. There's not as much candy coating. Exactly, it's, it's more chocolate, and it's up. good chocolate. Well, I'm. That's always been my complaint about M and M's. That's why I get the peanut. I've been sitting here going, I thought he didn't eat that. Oh, M&M's. I don't. Well, yeah. the, actually, in <laughs> the know. peanut M and M's are recommended by healthcare people mm-hmm. as a candy to choose because it, they're actually not as bad for you because of the the peanut. 
mm-hmm. aspect of it is is actually pretty healthy. Right. Um, so if you must have candy, they say, have peanut M&Ms. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I want the plain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even had one nutritionist tell me to mix peanuts and regular M&Ms. Kind of uh-huh. thing. I said, that's a great idea. It is a great idea. You know, but then I always picked out the M&Ms, left the peanuts there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been known to do that, too. That's funny. For sure. Uh, what was my own little For candy sure. dish? So. Well, we we need to take a break. Okay. Great. Um, don't look so startled, Alex. <laughs> Already? He was, he was enjoying our show so much that... Uh, he was. He, he was salivating about the Mega M&M's. That's right. And their adult colors. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to get this fellow Steve Rawls from the Service Members Legal Defense Network on the phone. Oh, fantastic. We're going to talk about on. some domestic spying. Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. That's right. So stick around. The closets are for closing WCBN-FM. Welcome back, and yes. in just a moment, we'll have um, Steve Rawls on the phone. What we're going to be talking about with Steve um, is, as all over the news, has been some domest- domestic spying um, and President Bush defending that and that sort of thing. Well, um, recently, NBC reported, and then the service uh, members' legal defense network followed up on a story of the Pentagon spying on protests uh-huh. done by LGBT groups at colleges, specifically related to Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Okay. Um, a topic we've actually talked about on the show before right. regarding the the ability of um, the military to recruit on college campuses because Don't Ask, Don't Tell was fought and won all the way, you know, that whole thing that we talked about. We actually briefly mentioned it last week in our highlights, too. Right. Um, so... One, um, this article that came out, this press release by the... Um, the service members I'm sorry Greg is distracting the hell out of me yeah, sorry, so Greg. I'm sorry I'm stuttering I'm not usually a stutterer but there's something about Greg frantically wow. waving his arms around and that? trying to find frantically. I was just stuff. more you know greeting waving um, but essentially the the Pentagon officials have been spying on what they call suspicious meetings by civilian groups including student groups opposed to the military's don't ask don't tell policy so um we've invited steve rawls from the service members legal defense network as i've said now like 18 times like, <laughs> for some reason i keep wanting to say that over and over again well steve rawls is a good guy yeah he is um so welcome steve thank you for inviting me oh absolutely absolutely so um first of all before we dive into the 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 topic at hand could you just explain a little bit about what the service members legal defense network is Sure. SLDN is a legal aid and advocacy group, and we represent service members who are impacted under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. We provide free confidential legal counsel to service members, and we work with the White House, the Pentagon, and Congress to uh, implement fair policies and to work for repeal of the military's ban. So certainly filling a gap. Oh yeah, and and the fight for civil rights. Um, so we we briefly talked about what exactly is going on with the domestic spying and stuff. What are the basics of uh, around these LGBT groups being labeled credible threats by the Pentagon, and what exactly is happening? Well, based on the information we know, what's happening is a clear travesty, a violation of those groups' civil liberties. The Pentagon appears to be monitoring student groups who are protesting the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, who are also protesting the Federal Solomon Amendment, which is a law that requires military recruiters access to college campuses, even when those colleges and universities have non-discrimination policies that protect their gay and lesbian students. So we know that they've been monitoring those protests What we don't know is the information that they've gathered, why they've gathered it, or exactly what they're using it for. And in the next few weeks, FLDN will be filing a Freedom of Information Act request on behalf of those groups and our organization 
to hopefully answer some of those outstanding questions. How did they? How did uh, SLDN come across this information? The Pentagon spy program was originally reported by NBC News by Lisa Myers, and some further research into the documentation that she uncovered revealed that these student groups, specifically the LGBT student groups at several colleges and universities, were being monitored. Hmm. And and I know we don't know what they're using it for, but I mean, I, I make my own conclusions, and especially with the don't ask, don't tell, that are they gathering this information in case someone decides to use um, or go into the military, or they already have been in the military? Can people take be, have benefits taken away? According to the information that we have, they are monitoring these groups, oddly enough, for terrorist activity. Um, for example, a student protest at UC Santa Cruz was labeled as a credible threat to national security or a credible threat um, of terrorist activity. Uh, so many of the students who are in the LGBT groups would not be allowed under the ban uh, to openly enter uh, military service to begin with. But for some reason, unknown to anyone I've talked to, the Pentagon thinks that their activity poses a credible threat to the United States. And what it sounds like is that by exercising their First Amendment rights in protest, they're being labeled as a credible threat. Um, And so to me, that sounds like the Pentagon is sort of violating the Constitution. Well, it seems to us as well to be a clear violation of the First Amendment. These student groups have uh, a constitutional right to protest the policy, to speak out about their opposition, and to have peaceful protest. And to the best of our knowledge, that's exactly what they did. Was this the the headline of the press release? Is a, a kiss-in was labeled as a credible threat? Is that the thing you were talking about at UC Santa Cruz? It was yeah, actually... I'm sorry, there were a number of protests at UC Santa Cruz surrounding uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell and military recruiting. The Kitson was one of those uh, one of those events. It seems that perhaps the Pentagon was monitoring all of the activity that was going on, but we don't know yet precisely what information they collected on each of those protests. Okay, and what were some of the other, where were some of the other protests that um, there are records, you know, involving investigation or surveillance? The other school that seems to have been significantly monitored uh, is NYU Law School, and they have an LGBT student group there called Outlaw, which has also been very active in its opposition to the military's ban, and that group was also mentioned uh, in the Pentagon paperwork that was made public. Okay. So, not to make light of it, but it's like I, I don't really quite understand how the protest can be considered or a kissin can be considered a terrorist act. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know how people are being harmed in that, and right. and so I, I, it's I, I'm I'm the Pentagon is is. It, it, surprising me every day with the 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 new threat that that could sure. possibly be happening. Well, and this isn't the first thing that the Pentagon has done that's sort of overtly homophobic, right? There's been um, other stuff that, like a study that was done in 1994. Um, could you talk a little bit about that as well? Sure. There was a proposal in 1994 out of Wright Air Force Base, which was made public in January of 2005, where Air Force officials proposed, and this seems almost unbelievable, but proposed developing a weapon to use in battle that would somehow change the enemy's sexual orientation uh, so that the enemy would be somehow uh, less fit to battle the U.S. military if it were composed of gay and lesbian people, (laughs) which is... I, I'm sorry, Steve. It just—it it sounds <laughs> very funny. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It really I mean, is I can see how I could use it, but right. I mean, the, <laughs> well, I it, the, it really is. It is a ridiculous idea. Yeah. It's not only homophobic; it's fundamentally wrong. Like, right. that's not possible. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, yes. It's it's. And how that can happen with a? I mean, and, and it, 
<laughs> not only that, but so what? If they're all gay, <laughs> right? What's well, that's, that's do probably to a better right. point right. in my mind. <laughs> well, and I think about it, about like, the, okay? in the uh, that this would cause a a disruption. In, I, I and almost picture everyone dropping what they're doing and having, and having a, a kiss large in. kiss. Right. In. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it's certainly homophobic to assume that uh, a gay military unit is less effective than a straight military unit, and. At the time, I joked to everyone that I had visions of a bomb dropping on Baghdad and all of the men having a Madonna circuit party. It is. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, what is what can folks do? Uh, for example, uh, you know, we're at the university. We're housed by the University of Michigan, and there is a a law school here, university here, everything. It, how would a school or an LGBT student group, or perhaps the hosts of this radio show, find out if they're being surveilled or investigated? Well, you know, first of all, Steve, Christy, you know, our file is very high, I know, very full. I know, I know. <laughs> we're a little subversive around here, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. I shudder to think what's in my Pentagon. If there are individuals or student groups or universities, I believe uh, the University of Michigan has already contacted SLDN, but if there are other groups that want to be included in the Freedom of Information Act request, uh, they can contact us via our website at sldn.org and give us written permission to include them in that request, and we will, on their behalf, <clears throat> excuse me, try to find out if any information uh, was collected on them or if they were monitored in any way. Okay. Mm. And, and okay. Could, once you get that information, I mean, the, about yourself or about um, different groups on campus, what do you, what could be done with that information? I mean, like what? What would a person, if I did find out that they've been surveilling me, if they're surveilling, if they're surveilling me, or <laughs> when you a, find out I know, that they're surveilling me, <laughs> yeah, that, what would I, what could I do with that information? I mean, I can't really have them pull it out of their file or my file. Well, first of all, it, we should say up front, uh, we expect that the Pentagon's going to stonewall us on the request. Uh, <laughs> we're going to fight very long and hard to get the information, but. They they do have tactics where they can keep that information from us. So we expect it to be a long and drawn-out battle to try to find out what exactly they've been doing. Right. Uh, the colleges and universities would have to make their own decisions on how they would like to respond. Um, one thing that we've learned at SLDN is that the Pentagon does not like bad press. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yep. And as information comes forward of the absolutely ridiculous monitoring that they've been that they've been doing uh, one would hope that they would shy away from continuing that monitoring um, but there are, there is certainly a first amendment case there as well whether the pentagon had the legal authority to to do this to begin with uh, and if they violated students first amendment rights when when they did intervene and monitor these activities and and I, I guess I'm being very naive. What would be like, for instance, they they violated my rights, as in they they tapped my phones, or I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what would. We don't know for sure. Uh, the information we have indicates that they may have photos. There were some photos that were made public at the time, um, so they may have been taking photographs. Uh, whether they were doing any wire tapping or any other type of investigation. We don't know uh, in regards to these specific groups. But, of course, we've heard a lot over the past uh, month or so about domestic wiretapping, and that seems to uh, be going on across the board. So it's not something that would necessarily surprise me to learn about. Right, right. Well, in addition to this work, obviously the Service Members Legal Defense Network does a lot of other things. Um, really quickly, can you tell us some of the other projects that are going on for SLDN? Sure, and one of the things that your listeners can be very active in helping us with is the Military Readiness Enhancement Act, a congressional bill that was introduced in March in the House of Representatives that is the first congressional proposal to lift the military's ban and allow lesbian and gay service members to serve openly. 
and we have 109 co-sponsors, but we need more. We have Democrats and Republicans, and if your listeners would log on to our website, they can learn if their member is a sponsor of the legislation, and if he or she is not, we encourage them to call, write, or email and ask them to sign on to support the congressional bill uh, because it's very important. And what was that website again, please? It is SLBN, like Service Members Legal Defense Network, dot org. And is there a telephone number that folks can call if they don't have Internet access? Our phone number is 202-328-3244, and Service Members who might be listening can also call us, and we have free confidential legal counsel for anyone who has questions about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, or maybe under investigation um, or wants to know more about how the policy is implemented. And you're, on your website, um, there's a banner, and I think that it's important to sort of reiterate to folks that it's for service members that they say nothing, sign nothing, they contact SLDN. If they're Absolutely. under investigation. Yes. If a service member is questioned about their sexual orientation, they should not answer those questions until they speak to an attorney and do not legally have to answer those questions until they have an attorney present. All right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us, taking time out of, I'm sure, what is a busy evening and busy time of year for you. Um, we really appreciate um, your generosity of time and uh, especially the information. It's been very helpful. And uh, we're definitely going to put up a link to the SLDN on our website, um, which is closetsontheair.com, if anybody doesn't know that. <laughs> um, so uh, if you're, again, for more information, you can contact the Service Members Legal Defense Network at sldn.org. Thanks again, Steve. Have a great night and Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Thanks. And we have, um, uh, in our next segment, we're going to be having Kate from Eastern Michigan University's Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Resource Center, or LGBTRC. Say that three times fast. Exactly. LGBTRC. LGBTRC. I didn't Um, And we're going to be joined by her um, uh, when we come back from our station identification. This is Keith Orr from Common Language Bookstore and The Out Bar. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on your radio dial. Because folks still have dials on their radio. (laughs) (laughs) Who has a radio dial? We were having a conversation about that the other day, actually, because the theme for an event that's coming out at a month that starts... That ends with an E. Uh, uh-huh. It has a, a sort of a radio theme to it, if mm-hmm. you will. And so we were debating about whether it should be digital or tune, uh, analog. Does anybody actually have any of those? I, s- I swear there was like a five or ten minute debate about it in the hallway. Well, I think people still get it, whether or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's and a I well, a dial. I mean, a dial, you. Oh, I see, because you have seek or scan now. Right. Gosh, I still have a dial on, on mine. Oh, Some I people see. do still have a dial. And the, I have well, a dial on my clock radio. That's the only thing that I have a dial on. Yeah, the, clock um, radios tend to have them. The Colbert Report, for everybody who watches the Colbert Report, Steve Colbert started the show the other day by saying, don't change that dial, and if you still have a dial, turn off your television and go buy a new one. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was one of the greatest yeah, things. Yeah, that is pretty great, because they say that all over the TV. Yeah, all the time. Do. Don't touch that dial. Right. It's like I'm touching a dial. There's I no can't dial. even change the channel on the television. <laughs> I like promise. I have to use a remote control. I don't See, have that any. Scares me. Because our, what if I lose the the remote? I have lost the remote. But there's the VCR, buttons. But there's no dial. Fun, I right. Can't there's no dial. It's right. plus, and you have don't to touch go, those yeah, buttons. Don't touch those. So, which sounds really to, bad. To our brother in over in, in the TV field. Stop telling us to That's right. turn that dial. Just tell That's us to right. stop pressing those Cut buttons it out. or don't press that button. That's what they should Cut say. Cut it out. Don't be Some seeking. people say so don't Dan, reach for the Dan, who's on the remote. phone? Oh, um, yeah. So we have, um, I didn't realize she was <laughs> on the phone already. a commentary. Um, I did. That's um, why. So we have Kate, the program uh, coordinator um, at uh, Eastern Michigan's uh, Your LGBT Resource Center. Um, and um, and she's actually um, now the new program dir- uh, coordinator. So um, the, not, not an interim, not a uh Part time, she is actually the the um, the new uh, program coordinator. She's it. The interim is off of the title. That's right, exactly. So, Kate, welcome to Closets Are for Clothes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you haven't moved to another state. We have this record with 
LGBT offices. Yes, like I the kind directors of moving to, to other states. But it hasn't happened with Eastern, really. That's true. No, That's right. No, only, it's only here. Yeah. The, <laughs> it is, I will tell you, Kate, we're not, Greg is not kidding. What everybody we have interviewed from the University of Michigan LGBTA office has moved to Pennsylvania. <laughs> All of them. Well, maybe it's after they go on the show, and then something about it just right. it is. <laughs> There's something about us that just compels them to flee. It might be that Pennsylvania flag we have in the background, and that little Pennsylvania right. bumper sticker on the door. Right, I don't know. right. I don't go know. get you some. What is that? Shoe fly pie. That's the thing, and a Philly cheesesteak, I guess. Oh, Philly cheesesteak. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Suddenly, everybody's turning into John. What's the name of that one? Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Oh. Um, so, um, so Kate, what's going on over at Eastern? Well, we have a, well, we're back from break on the 9th. That's when classes start. Yeah. And um, I don't have any break, exciting break stories either. I was going to call and wanting to say that, you know, I took this great trip to Barbados. I was listening earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, Kate. I didn't Kate. do anything exciting either. But, um, but yeah, we're back on the 9th, and we have a lot of really cool events coming up. Um, the first thing that we have is actually, well, our coming out support group is moving to Tuesday nights, and that's um, every Tuesday at 5.30 in King Hall, room 237. And then we also have, once a year, we do this project called the Beyond Words Project, and we did it last year. And it's basically where we transform a residence hall um, into a living museum of words, art, and ideas exploring um, oppression in the world. And one of the rooms is devoted to injustice um, based on sexuality. So that's going to be open to everybody in the community. Um, that's taking place in Wise Hall, which is located just off of Ann Street. And that's going to be open Sunday, January 15th, Monday, January 16th, and Tuesday, January 17th. So. Holy moly. Well, let me back up just a little bit here. So yeah. um, the Coming Out, Being Out group um, used to be on what night? It used to be on Wednesday night, but it's moving to Tuesday. So it's on Tuesdays now. And um, and this, uh, this and that group is specifically for, um, and it's not necessarily a new group, it's it's um, just an existing group that's moving. Right, exactly. And it is, it's a drop-in group, so anybody can come and, you know, anybody in any stage of the coming out process. And so it's really open to everybody. And you just drop in, you don't have to call ahead or anything like that. And it's, But it's mostly focused for EMU students. Right. Okay. Right. It does have cool. the EMU student focus. So, because um, um, I just want to make that clear with the, the coming out group, that it's now on Tuesdays. Um, right. At 530? At 530. 530. Yep, 530 to 7 o'clock. Um, okay. And then, um, um, and then the Beyond Words. So, how did the Beyond Words come about? Basically, um, Justin Gerbach, who um, is a person who coordinates it, he works at our housing department, and he went to a conference, and he went to a presentation by um, UNLV, and they basically had done this project, and they called it Tunnel of Oppression, and they brought this video, and it was basically, you know, a video, like the person holding the video camera was taping their experience as they went through, um, you know, I guess it's kind of like a living museum. Okay. And, um, and he was basically so moved by it and thought this would be perfect for Eastern. So last year was its first year, and then um, we're going to do it again this year. It was a big success last year. So, so as you kind of move through it, and then they have a resource room um, at the end, so basically you, know, you can kind of collect your thoughts about the experience, write about it, or you know, get more information about what you may have seen in the room. Oh wow! So it's it's a, like a you just visit room to room, or in or is it? And you can choose what topic or. Yeah, each of the rooms um, are, are the topics that we're doing um, this year are ability, race, sexuality, um, justice, and nationalities, and then. So each room is devoted to each one of those topics, although a lot of the rooms do deal with intersections. And then in the hallway, um, the theme of the hallway is injustice based on economics. So that's kind of, Hmm. you know, they're doing the hallway kind of like the tie that binds, you know, and the intersection of class with all those other classifications. Hmm. But they are kind of separate, the way you experience them. Oh, wow. And then at the end, when you said you're in the group where you can write your thoughts and things, Mm -hmm. what, what happens with that information or what happens... I think what they do is they put up, um, like, big butcher paper, and so it's kind of like whatever you're inspired to write, you can put it up, and then you can read what other people oh, have neat. thought after they've had this experience as well. And there are counselors on hand, just because, I mean, a lot of it is disturbing, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, it's talking about oppression. So um, there are counselors on hand in case someone has a reaction where they would want to talk to someone about it, too. Oh, wow. And... Um, and um would this be something that should, that would be maybe displayed like in the office, the LGBT resources office? 
um, afterwards. Right. Yeah, we might be able to. I think last year what they did was they, um, you know, kind of took everything down and it's in storage right now. But I think a lot of um, the fact sheets and things like that, definitely we could put up there, you know. Because it would be just interesting to see what people's thoughts were afterwards. I think it's, oh, okay, anyway. Um, so what else is going on? And, um, and what days are these again? <laughs> this is um, it's Sunday, January 13th at night from 6 to 9. Um, Monday, January 16th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then Tuesday, January 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. Wow, okay. So that's like, um, in a, like a week and a half. Yeah, and I think they had... Um, I think they had around like 500 people or something like wow. that last year. So we're expecting a lot of people to go through it and experience it. Oh, great. So. And then there's also um, uh, something that's new this semester, the discussion groups or discussion series. Yeah, we are um, We're starting um, this program called the LGBT Discussion Series, which we're going to do once a month. And our first one is actually... Is it? Let me get the sheet. Let me get the flyer that it's on. It's on. Our first one is Monday, January 23rd from 5.30 to 7 o'clock. And basically, what we're doing is we're talking about issues um, relevant to the LGBT community. So our first one, we're calling it Social Justice 101. And we're basically going to be talking about, you know, what is social justice, why it's important, how do we work towards it, um, you know, how do we work as an LGBT movement, you know, what causes are important to us and how do we work with other movements as well. So that's going to be the first one. And then um, in future discussion series, we're also going to be talking about um, faith, religion, and activism, um, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia, how they're all related. And then um, our last one in April is going to be talking about building an anti-racist movement. Hmm. But wow. the first one is, um, again, it's Monday, January 23rd from 5.30 to 7 in the McKinney Union Tower Room. And that one is open to everybody. You don't have to be an EMU person. In fact, you know, we really value the opinions of, you know, of community members, not just EMU community members. Right, and of community members are also welcome to go to the um, Beyond Words. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. I mean, the majority of our events, the Coming Out Group is really one of the only events that has a specific EMU student focus. We, we really like to open up our events to, to everybody. Great. What If I wanted to get more information about any of this stuff, where would I go? Who would I call? <laughs> well, you could um, you could call our office and the number, which is 734-487-4149. We also, um, if you go to our website, which is emish.edu slash LGBTRC, um, you can go there. We've got all our events up. We've got, um, you know, news stories. And we also have um, our, our listserv that you can subscribe to based on your interest, you know, whether you're um, an alum, whether you're a faculty, staff person, community member, or student. And then we send out um, emails with our events and, and what's going on at the office and on campus. It's quite an attractive website. I was just about to say, it is. Um, <laughs> it is. It's, yes. Um, it also has a new if look Greg to it. So not, himself. not that I'm biased. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it is an attractive website. Well, and it's it new. It is a very nice website. Yeah, designed by a great web designer. So. Yes, and it's it's not like the old one. If you've been to it before, it's it's a it's a different. It's brand new. Um, it has a different. Uh, so what's that website again? Because now my interest has peaked. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a very cool website. It's, it's emish.edu slash LGBTRC. And just because I ran across this and somebody who called my office by chance, um, it's E-M-I-C-H. They were trying to do E-M-I-S-H for E-Bish. Oh. Um, oh. So they misunderstood oh. me. So I was like, wow. wow. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing. So From out of state, were they? Well, in our area, we've got U-Mitch, E-Mitch, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of used to the, the Mitch. Um, <laughs> so it's at E-M-I-C-H dot E-D-U. Yes. Right, it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Mitch, E-Mitch. Yes. And so I just that came across, I was like, wow. Wow, that, that was very interesting. So, um, but yes, um, well, thank you, Kate, for um, joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. And um, and uh, definitely, I'm probably seeing you at probably Beyond Words, and that's over. Is that over MLK Day? Yeah, over the weekend. Over yeah, that it's weekend. In conjunction with that. Right, and can I give the website out for that because it has a lot of events sure. going on during that week? Okay, it's, it's kind of a long one. It's uh, it's c o t dot emish dot edu. Slash MLK slash events the number two dot htm. Holy moly! Yeah, so not as easy I'm as the first. I'm guessing one. folks could just go to cot.image.edu slash mlk and probably navigate it. 
I'm right. guessing. Or they right. can just go to image.edu and click on um, maybe something. There should be some announcement on I the think front there page. Is. Um, yeah. There's something you talk about the keynote speaker. And then uh, above the keynote speaker announcement, there's a link to the MLK. Right. Or if you, even, if you do a search, um, just search MLK, it'll, it'll pop right up. Yeah. But for those with good memories, it's cot.image.edu <laughs> slash MLK slash event. Events right. plural. Events plural dot two dot htm. It's right on the front web page. Yeah. It's on the very bottom under EMU news. So all I have to remember is just image dot edu. That's right. right. You're saved, Dan. Yeah. There's also a picture of the Harlem Globetrotters on their website, which I think. Well, because they're coming to uh, um, Eastern's, uh, I think, convocation. I, I heard that that was a huge fiasco to get that to happen. By the way. Oh, it was my parents' first date was the Harlem Globetrotters game. Wow, not and I used to love watching that. So without them. the Harlem Globetrotters, you would not I would be not here. Be today. here. <laughs> See, that's right. See, it See? All See how romantic together. they could be. That's right. <laughs> Little did you guys know. <laughs> it's all one big loop in the grand circle. Thanks of again, Kate, very much, and congratulations on being not interim anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Terrific. And we will hopefully see you in the next coming months. Okay, that'd be great. Thanks. Great. Cool. Talk to you soon. And in our next segment, um, Meredith, we have... All the news that's... I have all the news. All right. Fit to talk about. Woohoo! That's right. What's right, Dan? That's right. That's right, <laughs> Meredith. What do we have going on tonight? <laughs> All right. Well, this one is this one. Greg gave me, and I hadn't heard of this, Greg. So thank you for hey anytime passing along. Anytime I could pass along deaths, I'll be uh, more than happy to do so. Um, Doctor Charles Socarides, um, a well-known psychiatrist and psychoanalyst who maintained publicly, long after it was considered scientifically acceptable to do so, that hem- homosexuality was a condition condition amenable to treatment and even to conversion to heterosexuality, died on Sunday. Oh, that's too damn bad. I <laughs> <laughs> see you're really I torn up by your, it. I feel your He was a clinical professor of psychology for many years at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx. Um, and he was also a frequent guest on television talk show and uh, news programs talking about being able to convert homosexuals to heterosexuals. Fortunately, he leaves a a very large organization behind. Yes, he does. He helped found the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality, and their primary mission of the organization um, is to To promote hate. Effective psychological therapy available to all all homosexual (laughs) men and women who seek change. Wow. Um, So... So you can mark I one off your change. list. Right? <laughs> I seek change. Yeah. I don't think I seek the kind yeah. they're talking about. <laughs> so but I seek change. So he's gone. And it says in here he maintains his position too, despite the fact that one of his children is openly gay and has oh, a nationally wow. prominent gay rights advocate and was a nationally prominent. I don't know if they. Wow. Right on. Mm-hmm. So. Gosh, can you imagine being the child of a of a person yeah. like that? Well, then I mean, that's Alan Keyes' daughter too. Yeah. The same thing. It must. Those things that's gotta be a hard thing. Gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I even like Mary Cheney. I think like that's livable. Yeah. But Alan Keyes just barely. Woo, yeah. Just barely. Right. right. Well, d- d- being Dick Cheney's. Um, child. Period. <laughs> Let right. Alone. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're not to know yeah. CPR. I mean, but like, she's, oh, I mean, she's politically conservative, so I think that right. that on that level, they probably there's some common ground right. there for that. Does right. she have facial expressions? Because <laughs> if she does, she might be adopted. Okay. <laughs> so Maybe. So that was our lead story. That was our lead story. I wanted you to have an uplifting. <laughs> We wanted to start it off with a positive note, Chris. That's right. I thought that we you know, that. Well, Happy but it got my attention. We're right, it. exactly. So there are good things We're happening all already. People. That's right. Um, and, and on a weirder note, um, Barbie is accused of being part of the transgender movement. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> What's this? I just want to say that I came up with a really great... Or I liked the an email headline that I came up with for this. I was, I was emailing out about this, and the subject line was transgender Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Concerned Women for America, um, 
a leading Christian conservative group noted on its website, well, it was becoming, they were wondering whether Barbie was becoming part of the transgender movement. On December 30th, um, it noted on its website that on the Barbie website, www.barbie.com, there's a poll that asked children their age and sex. Um, the age choices were from four to eight, but children are also given three options for their choice of gender. I'm a boy, I'm a girl, and I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay. Well, clearly then, if you don't know, you're transgender. What's great, though. Bob Knight, director yeah. of CW. I love this. Cultural yeah. And Emily Institute said Barbie manufacturer Mattel was being influenced by the transgender movement. To pose the transgender question to little girls, they've really crossed the line. I like that they're really only concerned with the little girls. Right. <laughs> and they're saying they actually pose the, are you transgender? Right. Like that's the question being asked. Who added that bisexuality, gender confusion, and I'm not quite sure. What is what that? I don't know where he's going with this. Is the website's. Agenda, which oh. is very dangerous. I thought, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Barbie to begin with for lots of different reasons, but come on. Well, and I did like her clothes. There yeah, was another, well, she's got great outfits. Yeah. There's another interview that he did earlier today, the same guy, where he talked, he went even further, and he made a link talking about how Mattel was clearly supporting pedophilia. It was like that was that was his logical jump. Yes, and the, because transgender right. people are pedophiles. And that was how the like the person doing the interview so basically just kind of was uh, totally caught off guard. Like how did that train of thought possibly come out of this person's mouth? But there it was. This and this is not the first attack that's been um, on Mattel. They were also attacked for supporting Girls Inc. with their American Girls doll, who sometimes wears an I can wristband. Um, Girls Inc. is a national... For shame! I know. Well, because, listen to the evilness that Girls Inc. does. It's a national nonprofit organization that promotes education and self-esteem programs, as well as sex education and supports abortion rights and the acceptance of gays and lesbians. Um, So, you know... But it, it promotes? It promotes. So, yeah, and specifically the I can wristband was something that they protested against. Yeah, That's yeah. specifically. And, and what was the I can supposed to do? It's it's the motto of Girls Inc. is that as a girl you can do anything. Whatever your mind set your and mind that's to, just awful. and they were selling and the, the bracelets. wants to remind you that no, they you can't. <laughs> right. I guess, I guess it goes back to uh, full circle where the Pentagon is investigating gay <laughs> right. rights group Kissins because no, it's they're terrorists. dropping bombs to make everyone gay. Uh, yeah, right. yes, it's little a, of this, little of that. Message wow. from the administration, I must say. So, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Apparently, CWA had not contacted Mattel. Um, but Mattel did say that it was an oversight. There shouldn't. The third option should have said, been "I don't want to say," because that's what their third option. But I is. don't but think that, I don't think that it's developmentally wrong yeah, for right. them to think that a, a per, kid between four and eight might not know what their sex is. Like yeah. they might I not know, know four and eight year olds right. like that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't get that necessarily. I just would like to point out. And this is sort of tangential to the story, but the guy's Bob Knight, right? Mm-hmm. He's the director of the Concerned Women for America <laughs> Culture and Family Institute. A bit okay, of an interesting. What? Uh huh. What? Because girls can't do anything, exactly. Everything. They're not. It's not. It's not necessarily the concerned women of America. It's the concerned men it's, for the concerned. Right. Women. It's the me, It's the concerns men have for the women of America is probably more accurate. Well, and then if you can, then what happens to us men who right. have? Uh, um, who, who right. you know, what are we going to do then? What kind of jobs are going to be there for us? I know. If you cross take over the our, world. Yes. Well, I hear there's an opening at like the Center for Research on Homosexuality and whatever. <laughs> there's an right. opening there. Yeah. 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 Oh, very nice. <laughs> on the research, <laughs> so I would be like the one that they would put the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They'd be the research They force you to go out with women. That's they force right. Force you to like. The founder's seat sitting empty right now that they right. can That's gladly right. slip you into. Someone gives. Right. There's a job opening. Wow. I, I would love to see their response to to a letter of inquiry. <laughs> so I heard your founder died. <laughs> I'm currently looking for work. <laughs> I, Here's my. I can found things. <laughs> I can do that job. I I'd like stuff. to be your founder. In a weird twist of fate, uh, the District of Columbia has broadened its domestic partner law. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Good. I just think Good. it's so like. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is great. The bill would give domestic power partners power of attorney, the ability to sue for negligence, negligence, 
and immunity from testifying against one another and would create alimony-like obligations if a partnership is devolved, dissolved among other protections. Hmm. So it is a, a significant step forward for DC couples having equal protection and responsibilities. So that's, that's great. That's exciting. I'm wondering who voted. Like who are the, the yeah. Well, isn't Congress responsible for DC? Parts of DC, but they have their own city council. Right. So wait, 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 wait. Co- Congress has their own city council. Ha- no, the- no, 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 no. DC oh. has its own city council, and Congress is responsible for some certain aspects. aspects of oh, okay, okay. Because it's not its own entity; it's an okay. entity of the. That, that's what I was thinking. I was just kind of like, oh, uh, wait a minute here. Not only do they have their District of Columbia have their own, uh, just their own city council, but then the co- Congress has theirs. I was like, how much level of government can you get? A lot. Well, and here, one more piece is one provision allowed the same-sex partners of district workers to receive health care benefits. Congress blocked funding needed to implement the law for a decade, and it finally received approval in 2002. So that's kind of, they're the money manager of the city at large, I believe. So Interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Wow. Well, that's good news. Yeah, that's exciting Good job, especially with the... Um, the tyranny we're under right now. So <laughs> goodness, that's great. And I kind of like all the different things that are happening with, uh, um, George Bush and everything like this right now. I mean, I'm just kind of like, this is such a great, it's, we're off to a great new year. Happy new year. Exactly. Uh, Greg, did you have something you wanted to <laughs> We're writing notes. Yeah, we're trying to figure something out real quick. Oh, okay. Well, um, on my personal favorite article headline for 365gay.com, um, gays take control of, of councils in three cities. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I just That's like that awesome. headline. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> um, oh New Jersey God. has its first gay mayor. A gay man was, has, was returned to the mayor's chair in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and a prize pro, a I am having the hardest time <laughs> speaking today. A prominent lesbian became Speaker of New York City Council. Um, while in Arizona, a lesbian joined the state Senate. All in all, it's been a good week for LGBT politicians. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool, and I like that we've taken control. Is that what it says? It take- does. It says gays take control of councils in three cities. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> what are those three cities again? Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. It, New Jersey. I'm counting more than three, but maybe I just can't count. Um, New York City Council and a well, I guess Arizona has a, a state senator who's okay. Elected, so, gotcha. Ah, okay. It's Arizona doesn't. So we now it. have control of the New York City City the, Council. The New England area. Is the New England area. Wow. Is, you know, parts of New England are ours. Heavily under the siege <laughs> of the gay agenda. The gay agenda. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. As am I. Have Man. you figured out your... Yes, your sorry, thing? sorry. I no, was looking for... Fun. Sorry. So I actually have a, a sad news to report. <laughs> oh. I know. I'm like Despite the doubter. Despite our guffaws. First I'm, I'm, I'm the, the doubter. It really is sad you news, know? though. You can't, you know... He's all about... He's, he's Mr. <laughs> death. I know. Yeah. I am. There he's was... Uh, Mr. Death. You're gonna feel guilty about this once you find out what the news is. I know. Um, so there were two gay activists who passed away uh, suddenly on Mar- uh, December 31st: Jan Pierce and Marcia Patrick, who had been involved with the women's golf outing and a number of other uh, activities, and had done some other great things. And Marcia was a U of M alumni, and they were residents of uh, Northville, Michigan. So they passed away, sadly, at the end of December, and I know that they're trying to get the word out about that because they've got friends and contacts all over. Were they partners? Yes, they were. How did they pass away, if you don't mind? A car accident. Okay. Oh. I was oh. going to say that's kind of... What <laughs> <you're thinking? laughs> yeah. it just... No, it was in a, it was in a car accident. And the services are tomorrow at six p.m. at the uh, Schrader Howell Funeral Home in Plymouth. Wow. So if you're interested in going to that, and the viewing is uh, tomorrow from one p.m. until the time of the service. Thanks for that so information. Jan Greg. Pierce and Marcia Patrick. Sorry to pass along that news, but mm-hmm. I know that they're trying to get the word out to folks. So I want to make sure everybody knew. Wow. Well, <laughs> so, in our last few minutes. So, Greg, how are you? Uh, I'm good. You know, it seems I'm doomed to always be late due to traffic for, or, you know, driving for, today I even left 
15 minutes earlier than I usually do, thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm always 15 minutes late, but hee, 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 ha, ha, not so much. <laughs> the rain caused accidents on the road in front of me. Did you have people walking in front of you, too? I yeah. did not, actually, but I heard you talking about that, and I became ultra-paranoid aware of it. Although I almost, <laughs> I was making a, a left turn, and almost, I didn't hit the purse because I saw them, but I think they thought I was going to hit them, and I'm, like, trying to wave them ahead, and then there's a car, and I'm like, if we had done this correctly, this wouldn't be a problem. But. <laughs> right, we could all be on our merry way right, right now. exactly, but right. this person's staring at me, and I'm like, uh, uh, but other than that, I'm I'm good. I was uh, I I did actually go somewhere for for my holiday break. I uh, my boyfriend and I went to Chicago and checked out uh, a play. And I was just saying, how was my fabulous life? It was good. It was very good. We, uh, you know, I was a little surprised. I wasn't totally sure if it was going to be that good, but it was sort of a gay takeoff of It's a Wonderful Life, and I think when you go into a play with low expectations, anything that is some junk is good. <laughs> so we were, we were, I was pretty pleased with that, and we checked out you know the museums, and he, he had been to Chicago, but never really gotten a chance to do the touristy thing, so he got to do all that for the oh, first time. Cool. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was nice. To, it was the first week-long vacation that I've taken in five years. Wow. wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, so. Dang. Wow. Yeah. And like a true vacation. You. Right. Where I, you know, and it wasn't related to like I was coming off of a conference or something like that. It was, you know, I left planning on going on a vacation and I returned home at the end of that vacation <laughs> with a complete vacation in between. Wow. It was very exciting. It was yeah. a momentous occasion. The music's playing 